know, I've always been okay in the air. I've got a little yeah. bit of a leap on me, and as as Teddy Bishop ripped it in, I just got the timing was there. I just got the leap a little bit ahead of the defender, and once I was in the air, I just kind of got to lean on him and, and put it in. But yeah, it's one of my favourite goals in my career. To be honest with you. Hey guys, it's producer Ross here and welcome back to another edition of Ross Meets, the series where I catch up with former town players to talk about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. And here we are, the 12th edition of the series so far, my favourite number. And I hope you all are keeping safe and well and I hope you've all enjoyed the episode so far. It's been a pleasure to bring you these. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's listened to the previous episode. It's been, it's been great and great fun doing these, talking to former players, and uh, hopefully I'll be bringing a favourite player of yours very soon. But yes, uh, I normally ramble on with these intros, so we're going to get right to the point, and let's get stuck into an interview. Uh, today I'm joined by former town midfielder Jay Tab, and it's a pleasure to chat to Jay about his career as a whole, and of course his time at Portman Row. We spoke about different aspects of his career, from his early days at Brentford, for making a name for himself at Coventry and Reading, and of course, his time at Portland Road, initially on loan before joining permanently under Mick McCarthy. And it was just great chatting to him about his memories at Portland Road from that playoff season to that goal against Middlesbrough, where he somehow beat a six foot five defender and headed it in. It was just great chatting to him about that and uh, what he's been up to, of course, since his retirement. He left Ittrich Town, then retired from football, and he turned up to play rugby. And now he's a stable lad and he uh, made an appearance at Cheltenham this year. And it was uh, really interesting when he came up on TV and he was like, is that Jay Tab? And it was. And it was just great chatting to him about what he's been doing since his retirement um, from that. And of course, he's a good golfer. So he spoke much about his golfing and um, his other stuff, other hobbies that he likes. But um, it was a pleasure to speak to Jay. He was a pleasure to chat to. I hope you guys enjoy it. As you know, I ramble on as always. So a big thank you to Jay for speaking to me. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Okay. Um, well, well, Jay, you know, uh, did you always want to become a footballer? Is that always what you wanted to do when you were a kid? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I was younger, I was obsessed with it, like a lot of youngsters are. Mm-hmm. Um, like always watching it and wanting to play any any opportunity I could. And um, I was I was I used to be I, I did quite well when I was younger. Um, in the playground and playing with mates, I was always looked like I was pretty good. So I always yeah, that's that's what I was I wanted to do. And even if I used to go and watch my dad play rugby, I'd always be good at football. About so um, I think it's quite clear from an early age that football was the, what, what my passion was. You, um, of course, grew up in London, so you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's multiple teams you could have played for during your early days. You know, did you join a juniors team or did you play for a youth team there? Uh, no, when, when I was like growing up um, in in kind of two team, that's where I grew up, and yeah. it was a lot was like kind of playing in arranged school stuff. Okay. Um, I, I didn't join a team until I was probably uh, probably tenish. So yeah, when I was really young, it was just like playing in school and playing in the playground and playing for the school teams. Yeah. And I remember playing like five side t- that kind of competition at the school. It wasn't until I moved over to um, moved moved out of two to move to Motsford Park, and that's when I started playing for the kind of little league teams over there um, on Saturday mornings. And then that kind of graduate like gradually built up into playing on Sundays as well. Before I got scouted by um, by West Ham, and that's, that's the first uh, first team that scouted me to go and use, like, train for the centre of excellence. How how was your time there at West Ham? Of course, you then joined Crystal Palace, but you know back then, you know as a kid, you know was that yeah. something you wanted to? Hopefully, progress to become a professional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, it was really good fun. Um, it's, it's a good club to be at. Um, it, was, it was quite far from home, so the travelling there for training yeah. took its toll, really. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a great place to start. And the Crystal Palace, their kind of training centre was just that bit closer to home, so that's why it was easy just to, especially when you're that young. 
young, but moving club doesn't really matter that much. It's not yeah. a big deal. So uh, moving to Crystal Palace was always going to be easier. My mum and dad to get me to training after yeah. school and stuff like that. Who was um? What was the team you were supporting back then? You know who were? Oh, massive, yeah, massive Chelsea fan. I was yeah. obsessed with Chelsea when I was a kid. Yeah, really, really into them days. Dennis Wise and players like that. Yeah, I was, I was hooked on Chelsea. They're, they're the team I loved. Then um, you, of course, were at Crystal Palace and unfortunately were released back then, you know, because you were being yeah. deemed too short to play professional football. How did that sort of affect you as a, a young a young lad? It did, yeah. It affected me quite a lot, really, because it was, I think I was 15 um, and you, you think, oh, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to get a YTS at a club mm-hmm. and then when you're told you're not going to get one, it's just, it does break your heart, really, because you, you doubt yourself and you question whether you're good enough. Um, and yeah, it really did hit me hard. I remember like crying my eyes out in the car park and not expecting it to happen. You just think that, oh, that's it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a youth team player here, but it didn't happen. And I was lucky that my old, um, my youth team manager at Crystal Palace, uh, well, was a guy called Jeff Taylor and he left there just before I did and he went to Brentford. Um, so straight away I called him up and luckily enough I went, went to Brentford and, and got a trial there and that's where I got my YTS. How was the experience there? Were you, Studying anything else as well during that time, you know, just in case um, you didn't. Yeah, we. It was. I think we did. Um, like it would be a whole team and, and class. Like the whole team would do um, like kind of class lessons. It'd, it'd only be once or twice a week, really, and it, we wouldn't be going into a college or a school to do it. It'd all be at the football club. Um, they'd kind of make a classroom up there, but you'd do it as you're in your own age group. And um, I think we all did like a sports science, um, sports science lesson there, and it was okay. I mean, it wasn't. Wasn't perfect. It was it wasn't the same as going to college or anything like that. But um, I think a few of the lads have used it since then, so um, it served its purpose for sure. As of course, Brentford is where you sort of progressed as a player. You know, Steve Coppel, you had him at Reading as well. But you know, what was he like at you know an early age? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, he was he was really good. Um, he was he was at Crystal Palace as well when I was there as okay. a junior. He was in charge of. The, I think he was he was first team manager there as well. So I kind of knew him a bit, and then obviously went to Brentford and. He was good again. Um, I was in the youth team most of the time, but um, a couple of times he'd get me up to train with the first team and stuff like that. So he was he was really good to me, and he's a he's a good manager. He, he wouldn't be he wouldn't say much, but um, when he did give you some advice or um, stuff like that, he'd be he'd be great at what he said. And yeah, I'm very lucky to him because then yeah, obviously he signed me at Reading as well. So he's been a, a big influence in my career. Yeah, um, of course, you know a player that you played with at Itchwich as well at a time. Uh, Stephen Hunt was there as well as a young young lad as well. What was you know memories yeah. with him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hunty, he he was in the first team at Brentford before I really broke into it, really. Um, but yeah, again, he was another one. I was I was a bit younger than him, so I, I knew him. And obviously, when I was trained with the first team, we got on well and stuff like that. But he was he was doing well in the first team, while I was still like a youth team player, really. So we never really, um, you know, played loads together in that first team at Brentford. But when we did, yeah, it was, it was great fun. Yeah, and then um, of course during your time there, you suffered playoff defeat a few times, and yeah. You know, your player of the year there as well. What's your what's your big memories from your time at Brentford and stuff? Oh, yeah, Brentford's a massive club in my career and it's always going to be close to my heart. It's, it's the club that gave me my chance and where it all started as a professional, really. And to say, I had some really good times there. Um, avoided relegation one year and then after that, it was success and you know, getting into the playoffs. And, yeah, unfortunately, we never, we never went up. But um, I always remember the time there fondly and a couple of times we probably shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. We should have got promoted automatically but yeah it was, a, it was a great club I got on really well with the fans um, I think it was probably one of my most um, kind of productive spells in my career where I was had an a, a, you know, influence on games and stuff like that and um, could be a big part of the team and yeah I actually really enjoyed it and it would always um, look back at my time at Brentford really fondly You must have um, enjoyed seeing their success you know when they're 
now back in you know in the championship now you know after the a few years you know in the lower leagues and then they had that great rise coming back and you know that must have been a great experience playing against them for Ipswich you know seeing Brentford now in the championship and that year when we got in the playoffs and they got in there as well yeah exactly it was good I, I, it took me ages when I left Brentford it had been years and years since I actually got to go back there and play yeah, yeah. and the first time was for Ipswich on Boxing Day went, went back there and luckily we won 4-2 we won so yeah. it was a good day um, but yeah I'd always wanted to go back there and play because it had been ages since I've been there so and, and seeing them doing well is great it's what they kind of deserve but I say the whole time I was there we just missed out on getting promoted to the championship a few, few times so um, to see them up there and obviously a well established championship team now and hopefully they can make that next step up into the premiership as well yeah they got you know they're moving away from Griffin Park aren't they and going yeah. to that new stadium you know I, I did love Griffin Park you know I thought that was a great sort of old school stadium but I think for a lot of clubs if you want to progress sometimes you've got to move away yeah exactly it's the kind of way forward now isn't it a lot of clubs yeah. do it and um, it's really hard to recreate that buzz that you yeah. get from playing in an old school stadium the atmosphere and, and stuff like that but I think clubs need to do it now to survive and I'm sure when Brentford move it'll be uh, the stadium it'll be, a, it'll be a nice place and um, they'll see, see Griffin Park off well as well but um, yeah it's, it's, it's a shame because I, I love playing at the old grounds but yeah. most clubs are having to do that now to move Yeah. and um, on to your next stop Coventry uh, yeah. did you feel that was going to be the next move for you in terms of you weren't able to get Brentford up to the championship did you feel like to progress your career you had to move on and stuff yeah exactly that's what it was really um, I was 22 at the time and had a couple of cracks again Brentford didn't, didn't quite work out so um, I was available on the on kind of on the Bosman I think it was and um, yeah going, and Coventry was a showed, showed the interest and I went up there to have a look around and it's, it's a great setup, nice training ground really good stadium and um, you know Coventry a big club and then for them to show interest in me was quite flattering really so it was, it was a good club to join. Of course, uh, you know, that first season, you know, you had Mickey Adams, I think, in charge, and Ian Dowie came in. Yeah. What was, you know, under management of them two? Yeah, it was really good. So I've been, in my whole career, I've been really lucky to manage the work. Mm. We've all been good, and I've learned a lot from all of them, and it's the same with those two there. Yeah, like, Mickey Adams was, was a good man. He's one, he, he signed me and gave me my chance there, and then uh, when we were struggling a little bit, Ian Dowie came in, and he, he, you know, he's, he, he loves football, and he's a good coach as well, so I learned a lot from both of them. Yeah. Then, uh, of course, Chris Coleman came in. You know, he's gone on to do very well for himself, you know, definitely for Wales. But, you know, he's sort of, I don't know if he, was he at Fulham before Coventry? Or was I think after? he was. Yeah, yeah. He, again, he's really not another fair manager. And yeah. um, I got on really well with him. And I remember before I signed for Red, and he called me in. He was like, look, um, I think we were playing at home that day. And he said, oh, oh I think, you know, look, someone's coming in for you and you're probably going to be so, like gone by Monday. But so if you don't want to play today, then you don't have to. But it'd be good if you did. Um, so I was like, no, I want to play, obviously, and, and played in it. I think he respected me for playing because I could have got injured. But he was good to him to come up to me and say to me, oh yeah, you know, do you want to do you want to play or not? And um, yeah, we always got on really well. I remember I've seen him since. We've always had to chat as well. So yeah, he's a good manager, and I liked him a lot. Yeah, of course, um, at country, you know, player of the year as well. You know, escape relegation. Yeah. That must have been a, a you know, a good thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing at Coventry. It's a, it's a lovely stadium, um, and it's just, it's what, every season we start well and be in the playoffs, and then it just kind of all the way a bit towards the end but um, so I played with a lot of good players there and you'd find some of the players get sold and it was never it just kind of failed to really build up into into a, a kind of team that's going to be challenging the top half of the table but again yeah I was lucky enough to get player of the year um, really enjoyed it and yeah it was just like them fine lines but it just kind of stopped us from being a team that was like, challenging for promotion yeah. then as you said you, you feel like your next move was you know one of your biggest ones with Reading you know again reuniting with Steve Koppel uh, was that any decision if when they came in, or was there other clubs looking at you? Yeah, no, it was. I was kind of, I was a little bit, 
uh, homesick. I was living up in the Midlands, and I, I did want to get back to London, closer to London, to be near my family. And in January, I knew that um, Reading and Wolves were both looking at me, and they were first and second in the championship. So, um, purely based on Reading being closer to London, and uh, I had people at Reading I knew as well. That was it made the decision quite decision quite easy, really. And so I signed there in January when they were second in the league, and then I kind of form dipped a little bit, and um, we ended up in the playoffs that season, which was a shame because I thought they were going to be up a bank of a promotion. Of course, you know, you lost in the semis of the playoffs, but then, you know, it's sort of the next season, you, of course, reached to the final, I think, the next time. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers came in, Brian McDermott as well. You know, what was Brendan Rodgers like? You know, he's gone on to have a, you know, really good management career. Yeah, again, yeah. So Steve Coffell signed me there, then Brendan Rodgers took over, and then Brian McDermott as well. And again, all good, all good people, all good managers, and, and get to learn a lot from them. And they're different approaches to the game. and the different way they are with players and training sessions and stuff like that but obviously Brendan's been very successful and managed at top level as well so um, yeah it was good it was good to work under those managers and um, again success like kind of a couple of playoff um, campaigns with, with Reading as well and I think he, when any season you get into the playoffs you can always even if you don't go up you can always say it's been a successful season because it's hard to get there and it's always better to be you know, fighting at the top of the league than the bottom really Before we go on to you know helping Reading get promoted we're going to talk yeah. about the of course, the playoff final defeat and being sent off as an unused sub—that yeah. must have been a, a strange, strange thing it to happen. Was, yeah, really strange because I'm usually quite a calm person, mm-hmm. especially I was just trying to take things in my stride. And I'd been final season, but I think it was the occasion got to me really that year. And I said I was sub, and we were three 0 down at half time, and ref giving them two penalties, and just wasn't giving us anything. And it was a bit unfair. It was quite obvious from the side that this it was going terribly wrong. And um, I remember walking at half time, and our assistant Nigel Gibbs just had, and said to the ref, "Come on, you're going to have to even this up. You're giving us no chance." And he was just a bit arrogant, and I'd have, I'd have pop at him, and uh, he didn't like it, and, and uh, told me, he said to me that if you say that to me again, I'm going to send you off. And, and I was, my head was gone, so I said it to him again, and he did, he did actually send me off, and I couldn't believe it. Really, you never expect to get sent off as a substitute. So, um, but it's just one of those things you look back, you laugh at now. At the time, it's being irresponsible and. Um, not something you shouldn't be doing, especially if you've got young young supporters kind of watching the game. Um, they shouldn't be shouldn't be seeing that really. But yes, yeah, you know, I kind of laugh at it now. But at the time, it was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, what was the what was the aftermath like about it? Because you know they you know you lost and then you also yeah. got sent off. Uh, you know what? It was everyone was so disappointed at losing and obviously yeah. not getting promoted that he kind of got forgotten a bit. Really, it was the last game of the season, so. We all kind of left the next day on a, on a holiday, so nothing was really said about it. So, um, but the manager, I don't think he said much to him. I think I got a little fine, and obviously I was banned for three games at the start of the next season. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't a big deal made of it, that's for sure. Yeah. Then, of course, got promoted. Uh, what What do you think yeah. that was? You know, the behind that. You know, you finished second. You know, a lot of points again mm-hmm. that season. You know, what was what was the sto- you know story behind all that? Do you reckon? Yeah, right. Oh, well, we actually won the league that year. We got promoted. It was, um, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Sorry. Unreal. <laughs> Look at yeah. my wrong, wrong facts. Ignore me. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was just. It was an amazing season. I remember, like at Christmas time, we just lost in the FA Cup, um, and we were, I think, we were like sick from bottom. So that's we were looking over our shoulder. We definitely weren't thinking about promotion. And then we just won an amazing run off Christmas. We won seventeen of nineteen games, uh, and yeah, won the league. It was unreal, really, because we've not. None of us really expected it at Christmas time. Um, but I think we signed Jason Roberts in the transfer window and he came in and scored loads of goals and we had one of those runs, which was a dream come true. And uh, yeah, I remember the, remember the night we got promoted. It was amazing. And then to actually go on and complete it and win the league as well, it's definitely the highlight of my career. Yeah. Of course, now you've made it, you're in the Premier League. And yeah. you know, what was sort of said to you during that time, you know, 
because of course now in the Premier League, you feel like the manager was going to bring in a few more players just to strengthen the squad. What was sort of said? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, even in the, the season we got promoted. I was I wasn't first choice midfielder. I, was, I played a lot of games, but I was I wasn't the first choice. And you know, when you get promoted, that you're probably not going to be the star player in the team. And um, I think Brian said to me a couple of times that I could uh, start. You know, that we wouldn't bring players in, but I think we had a few injuries and suspensions as well. So I was always kind of travelling and and in and around the squad and sub and, and then I got my chance and I played I think t- 12 games in a row or something like that so I, I definitely got my taste of it and then after that um, I think we signed a couple of players in the January transfer window and, and then and I did move down the pecking order so um, it was a great experience to play Premiership football but I say it wasn't a full season and um, but yeah the, the games I did play I, I thoroughly enjoyed it but it's great to, great to be involved in it Yeah I want to bring one game you were involved in for Reading quickly um, yeah. the, the Arsenal game remember that? Yeah what a crazy game that was. What a night oh, in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah, you never think you'd be involved in a game like that. It was heartbreaking, really, because you're 4 0 up and flying, and you think that's it, we're going to win this game. And, and then, yeah, they grabbed one goal just before our time, which actually did change the change the kind of the way the game was going. You wouldn't have thought it'd be 4 0 up, but yeah, it did change the whole outlook in the game and went to extra time, and they ended up winning 7 5. So, yeah, it was a bit, it was a nightmare, really. But it's, it, I had a lot of friends who were Arsenal fans, and they loved it. And, <laughs> You look back on it now, and again, I mean, sometimes the highlights come on TV, and you watch it, and um, you think, "Yeah, it's a good game to be involved in." What was the dressing room like after that game? You must think, like, "How have we blown that?" But you know, Pretty Arsenal. Much, yeah, yeah, that sums it up. Yeah, everyone's just sitting there, just shell shocked, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we were all gutted. Not, not a lot was said. Um, it's a, you're missing out on the chance of beating one of the best teams in the country, and yeah, and, and you kind of blow it, really. Which when you're four nil up and you do, you don't win. You are, you have blown it. So um, yeah, I think not a lot was said that day, and then we just. You know, even though because it was a cup game um, my focus that season was obviously on staying up in the Premier League so it, as, as, as disappointed as you are at the time um, afterwards you kind of concentrate on the league and, and trying to stay up I think the next time I think Arsenal and Reading played I think it was 5-2 or something like that again I think they have a bigger scoreline I think in the, in the yeah, league yeah it was yeah I, mean, yeah I remember that one as well yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah they're obviously two teams that <laughs> when they play each other the goals come yeah. um, but Arsenal they, they pass it around and they move it really well don't they so they're always going to create chances so um, but yeah it's always so the, the teams I played against that year it was always really good really good experiences I played against Everton Man United Arsenal um, good at big clubs so yeah it was a really proud moment in my career to say that I played in the Premier League yeah. then um, your next move of course was to, to town on loan yeah. uh, you know at first was there any other clubs you were maybe possibly going out on loan did, did you know Brian at the time as manager did he say Maybe go out alone, get some game time. Uh, yeah, I remember him quite like saying that I was I, I could go out alone if I wanted to. Um, I wasn't desperate to go out alone. I was, yeah. I was kind of because it wasn't that far from the end of the season, really. So I was like, oh, look, if something comes up, great. Uh, and I remember Mick McCarthy ringing me and saying that um, you know we, we think we're going to stay up, but it's going to be a bit of a fight. But we're, we're turning it around and we want you to come up, come along. And you know, I was playing golf at the time and I wasn't expecting it. And that's the thing with football. One minute you can have your head your mindset on one thing and then literally 12 hours later you can be totally somewhere else and I yeah. think that was what it was like I think I was at the Wednesday I was playing golf with my mate Thursday morning I was um, staying in a hotel in Ipswich and ready to go training so it's crazy how it works but yeah Mick McCarthy is someone that you always respect and you look at his career and what he's achieved and if someone like that, someone like that rings you and asks you to go and play for his team then you don't say no Yeah, That must be an interesting experience I've spoken to a few other players who had like loan spells at different clubs You know, that's the first loan yeah. spell you had in your career so yeah. you know, as you said you were Playing golf one day and the next day you were at a hotel ready to train. You know how was that? Experience? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because you get when you're when you're at a club you, you're settled. You know all the lads. 
um, even though you're you're an adult, if you, the next day you're at a totally different club and you're going in there, it's like your first day of school, you are a bit nervous and a bit shy. You have to go in and you have to go meet everyone. Uh, and it just puts you out of your comfort zone a bit. And as I said, that was my first experience of being alone. But as soon as you, after your first 20 minutes there, you meet you meet the players and the manager and stuff like that, and you start getting used to how they do things. And after a couple of days, you're like, that's it, you're settled in, really. Then, and I think once you play your first game, that's it, you, you, you're kind of accepted. Um, but yeah, it's really hard. The first first morning's always hard. But as you say, it's like you, you feel like it's your first day at school again. Can you remember which players sort of helped you, you know, adjusting? Oh, uh, yeah, team? Luke Chambers straight away. Yeah, yeah I came up and he was the one. He showed me around. He introduced me to everyone. So he's, he's such a nice guy. He came up and he was talking to me like he'd known me for years, which is great. So, um, and I, I don't think I knew anyone there at the time. Uh, I think like Daryl Murphy had been played with in the Ireland under 21. So, um, and again, they're players that you've been playing against for the last 10 years of your career, really, in the championships. I mean, I did never make it a lad. Of course, you know, at the time, you know, which, which we were bring a lot of players on loan, so you weren't sort of alone during that time. We had a few players on loan, at, you know, at the time yeah, there. Exactly, yeah, and it was a good, good achievement to stay up as well because yeah. it'd been a tough start to the season, and then obviously Mick McCarthy come in and steadied the ship and, and got the team going in the right direction. But, um, yeah, I, I know we'd stayed up before the last game of the season, which is great as well, so that, that was good. Did you you know were you in contact with Reading because you did some you know, had some impressive performances for town you know were Reading in contact about you know you're out of contract at Reading you know was there anything else? Oh no, I was I was done. I was going to be leaving yeah. anyway. Um, I think the Brian Adam had left and Nigel Adams come in and I think he called me at the end of the season. He's like, oh look, do you want to come back in and train because the Premiership season is still going? And I just had an honest conversation with him. I said, look, I don't think you're going to want me around next year. I'm quite high, I'm low down in the pecking order with midfielders and. Um, it's time for me to move on, really. And and then uh, before the season ended, Mick McCarthy said he wanted me to sign me, so I was pretty sure that I, I wanted to. I was going to stay. Sign for Ipswich, so I didn't see the point in going back into training at Reading. So yeah, it's quite an easy conversation. Um, and and just said to me, I want to, I want to, I want to see my contract out and be leaving. Cool. Then yeah, you signed. You signed uh, for Ipswich on a permanent deal. Did you? Yeah. Were you st- were you living in London still, or did you find a place you know around Suffolk way? Uh, no, yeah, I'd, I'd, um, as soon as I knew I was signing there, I, I kind of went down and had a look around a few places and, and, and got an, uh, rented an apartment down there, um, on the down by the Salt House Hotel, so that was nice, yeah, yeah it's a nice yeah. little spot, um, and yeah, I, was, I settled in really well there straight away, joined the joined the golf club, um, which because I love my golf, and <laughs> yeah, living in Suffolk and playing for it, which was such a good, it's, I loved it, it was a re- really good memories, and um, I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Then going on to your, your proper permanent debut, of course, you scored yeah. against... The team, Reading, yeah. Reading, that must have been a surreal. I know you, we lost the game two one, but it's still great to score on your debut, permanent debut against your old team. Oh, it was, yeah. I mean, so I've been Reading, and it was a little bit of a, a kind of running joke. I've never scored from. Um, <laughs> my, my kind of role as a player had changed a lot uh, from when the previous clubs I've been at. I was more of a defensive player at Reading, and just never managed to score. I had quite a few chances, and never just never happened. It kind of dragged on, and then yeah, to score my first game back there for the Ipswich's class, I loved it. Um, all my family they're watching as well and they went mad they were in the Ipswich end and they were jumping around and yeah it's a shame if you could have game we could have maybe won so to lose 2-1 was a bit unfair I thought but yeah I remember that game really well and, and to score I was, I was very happy yeah. what's, your, what's your memories from that first full season for you any any good stories any you know we, we finished ninth that season but you know yeah. Mick was still sort of building his team you know this is his first full season at the club so he's bringing in different yeah. players and getting rid of the the deadwood and maybe the bad characters but what's your memories yeah. from that season yeah no it was, really, it was like a fresh start for me as well yeah. i've been at reading and um i've gone from reading where i was like a kind of steady eddie and just do my job when i'm told to went to and um mick had kind of made me 
more attacking again and, and wanted me getting forward and creating chances and scoring goals. So it was definitely a fresh start and I could kind of have another crack at it really, which was good. And I, I really, I really enjoyed my time in that first season. As I say, I think a lot of the season we were, we were kind of up there and I think we just kind of fell away from the play, like the playoff picture just towards the end. Um, but it was def- definitely a successful season when you consider where we were the season before that. So yeah, yeah, good memories from that season. Yeah, of course, you know, at the time as well, Daryl and you know David McGordrey, they both signed permanently as well. They had a few loan spells. Like Daryl was on loan like four times, and he finally yeah. signed on a permanent deal. So it must have been nice to, you know, be reunited with them guys as well. You know, now signed yeah. permanently, now exactly. you're actually Ipswich player. Yeah, and, and you could see that Mick was trying to build something, and and obviously keeping them up the season before. Then he had that opportunity to then go and start building the, the squad, and that's what he did in his time there. Um, did it well. Yeah. I want to just bring up um, one lone player as well, Johnny Williams. How, how good was he? Oh, that was his first season coming on loan. He was, yeah, he was class. Yeah, and that's, I think we had some really good lone players. Him and Ryan Fraser, um, really talented players. And, and Johnny was, was class. He was no exception. He was really good. And um, coming and he's a, he's a kind of I think he was playing in my position most of the time. But he was great to watch. And, and yeah, if, if you're on the bench and he's starting, then you've got no, you know. Um, no arguments really because he, he did, did so well and it, I think he got injured at a um, crucial time for us that season like not far from the end of the season when we were up there fighting and I think when he got injured that kind of our form dipped a little bit after that yeah, that, was a, that was a terrible injury as well which I think against yeah, Watford and, remember at home yeah, yeah. terrible challenge yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, then the next season of course we, we got into the playoffs and before we go on and talk about that great season I want to talk about one of your goals you probably know yeah. this is coming up the Bolt no not the Bolt goal the Middlesbrough goal that yeah. header how did you? How did you beat the defender to that? I <laughs> know, oh, yeah. I've, you know, I've always been okay in the air. I've got a little yeah. bit of a leap on me, and it was just a. I've seen it, seen it time and time again, and it was a, it was a good little move down the right. And I think as as Teddy Bishop in, I just got the timing was there. I just got the leap a little bit ahead of the defender, and once I was in the air, I just kind of got to lean on him and, and put it in. But yeah, it's one of my favourite goals in my career. To be honest with you, oh, I remember at the time I was so happy with it because I hadn't scored for a while either. So it was nice to score a goal like that. Yeah. Uh, of course, that was the season we got got in the playoffs. You know, unfortunately, yeah. we lost against Norwich in the semis. But what, what was you know the story behind? Just I know it's been chatted about so many times, but for you as you know a player, part of that that squad, what was the? Was it just the the bond everyone had, and just the you know we just had that extra quality? He did, yeah. And I think everyone respected the manager. I think yeah. he built built a squad that he was happy with. Um, and yeah, we, we I think we were just a really good, solid squad. Um, and I think getting to the playoffs was a good achievement that year. Maybe we could have pushed on a little bit and then gone for the automatic places, but I think the championship is such a competitive league, and if, if you get into the playoffs, you've done well. Um, and yeah, I think I think we worked so hard to get into the playoffs that on the, the Norwich game, I think we just run out of a little bit of steam, maybe. Um, but yeah, again, if you think you're back in your career and getting into the playoffs in the championship and playing against your local local rivals in the in the in the playoffs is something that you're going to remember with, with kind of good memories, really. Yeah. Because you, you scored a late winner against Bolton, that must have been another yeah. good moment for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't a great strike in the world, but I remember yeah. Yeah, in, inside the box. Yeah, um, yeah I just, I just, I knew my knew my role under Mick McCarthy. I knew what he expected of me and what he wanted, and um, yeah, he's, he's an easy man to play for because you've got to make sure you work hard and don't let him down. Um, and and that's why I think I, you know made quite a good a few appearances under him, and, and I think that's why. He, like like put him in the team sometimes. Yeah, I think the the following the weekend after that Bolton game, we we beat Watford one 0 You know the Chaplow late winner was. Oh yeah, that's that right. was that was scenes. That was just that was just madness. Yeah, yeah that was amazing. I remember that as well. Um, yeah, we had some we had some really good performances that season, and I say there were, there were times where I think we could have been pushing for the top two as well. 
um, and just just kind of fell short of that. But yeah, I remember that. That's it. And Watford were kind of challenging at the top as well that season. They might have even won the league. I'm not too sure, but yes. So to go and win away one 0 was a yeah, was good fun. Makes the makes the journey home yeah, a lot easier as well. Yeah. Did you um you know in January did you as players did you sort of think well, could we sign you know bring some more players in to strengthen the squad or do you feel like we've got enough to get over the line of course we brought Freddie in and stuff yeah I always thought we had enough I just think for, for, for one reason or another you just kind of you do need a bit of luck when you get in from home because there are games where it can go either way and you, you need them to go your way and there are a couple of times I think we played Bolton away and, and we drew and they, they scored a last minute penalty and stuff like that and if things like that don't happen then it's, that's the difference between kind of getting that second spot and or being in the playoffs. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think we could have done any more really um, with who we signed. I think we had a pretty pretty solid squad and was happy with who we had. Who did you um, get along with the most during your time at, at the club? You know, who was your sort of roommate uh, and stuff? Um, I, I actually roomed on my own. We had the okay. we had the, cho- the choice there. You could have a room with someone, or you could pay a little bit extra and, and room on your own. No, you should room on my own. Um, I got on well with like, all the lads. Luke Chambers got on really well with. Uh, Jonathan Douglas when he turned up. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's hard to unsingle out anyone, but um, yeah, it was just it was a good squad, a really a squad that you feel happy and comfortable in. But um, yeah, Luke Chambers was always the main man who'd keep everyone you know together and and, and happy. And yeah, he's, he's a good friend. Yeah. Then um, you know the following season, did Mick sort of say to you that oh you know you're not going to be really in my plans because you only played of course cup games during that last yeah. season? Was that sort of a conversation you had with Mick? Yeah, it was, yeah, at the start of the season, yeah. Um, he was like, look, I'm going to be looking at different, different areas and different options and, and stuff like that. And I, I was happy with that. I said, look, I'm happy here. I was a bit older at the time. I said, look, I don't want to go on loan. I'm happy where I live. I'm happy here with training, playing for you with all the lads. Um, so I said, look, I don't want to go on loan unless something comes up that's going to benefit me. So I think the only option I could have done was in the summer... Um, of them were interested, but they were offering, only offered me a one-year deal, and it wasn't as it wasn't as good as money at Zips, which as well. So, as much as Fulham would have been a good move for me to go back to London and be close to my friends and family, um, financially it wouldn't have been the right thing for me to do. Um, so I was just like, no. It, it, I think if they'd have offered me two years mm-hmm. on less money, I would have taken it. Yeah. But they only offered me a year on less money, so there was no point really. Um, so yeah, I just said to the Mick, like, I'll stay here and I'll train all the time, and if you need me to play, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really want to go anywhere. Um, happy to stay here. Yeah. Then, uh, of course, one of those cup games was against May United yeah. Old Trafford. Uh, what was yeah. that experience like? Of course, a lot of us fans were like very surprised when we saw the lineup. We we're like, that is very, yeah. no offence to you guys, it was a very weak yeah, squad. It um, yeah, it was, yeah, but I think that's the approach you're taking with the cup games that season. Yeah. He was always going to um, save, save the kind of first team players and, and concentrate on the league. So, yeah, he stuck to his word and he gave, gave the lads who'd won in the, I think, was it? Um, I don't know, but yeah, we beat Stevens in the round before I think so he, he stuck with those lads and said look you, you can go and play again and it was a really good experience I know we lost 3-0 but we didn't deserve to lose that by that amount um, it was a young inexperienced team and I think we, we put ourselves well that night yeah to be fair I think I think you held on for that because once again May night they weren't mucking about you know Wayne Rooney yeah. started Zahaya was in goal you know yeah. Herrera Swansteiger yeah, yeah, strong side yeah, yeah exactly it's not like we didn't we weren't battered you know yeah. it was it was a, we, we, say we, we gave a good account of ourselves and but they just I think they got two late goals and that made it the small and look like we've been we've been trounced when we hadn't been ready. Yeah, but you know there's a few players I'm looking at the the Itrius Town squad there, there's yeah. a few of those players who may never have an opportunity to play at Old Trafford, you know, yeah. it must have been great for them. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you that's when you respect the manager for doing that because you could have easily said, Oh no, I'm gonna put the first team lads back in um but no he didn't he, he stuck to his guns and a lot of youngsters got a chance to play at Old Trafford and 
they, not, not a lot of people get a chance to say they've done that. So um, I'm sure a lot of them would uh, appreciate it as well. Yeah. I want to quickly bring up, you, you probably heard this before, about the Fabulous Tab Twitter page. Yeah. <laughs> what was, and of course, you weren't running that. You'd have nothing no. at all. But, you know, you, you, of course, got in trouble, apparently, from Mick because of this page. Yeah, I know. I've never, I've never been on Twitter in my life. Um, and he just called me in one day. I think the, the person who was running it must have said something a little bit controversial <laughs> and the gaffer called me in and said, oh, what's all this? And I said, it's not me. Um, so, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know who it is. I don't know what they're doing. But, yeah, I just, I just said that it's not me. Nothing I can do about it. And I think they tried to find out who it was to get it taken down. But I'm not too sure how that worked out, really. But, yeah, no, I've never been on Twitter in my life. So, whoever it is, um, yeah, good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, of course... Then you left town. Did you know you were sort of going to re- retire? Retire? You know, your last game for the club was against Portsmouth in yeah, the FA Cup uh, game. At that point, you know, did you yeah, feel? Yeah, I was my mind up that yeah, in the summer I was going to call it a day. I was thirty-two, um, and then Mum passed away in April that okay. year, and it just makes you look at life a bit differently. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really like in love with football as much as I was like at the start of my career, um, and I just thought, I don't know, life is short, but you're living away from family all the time, and you're not doing something you don't enjoy, then to do something else so uh, yeah and that's something perfect to come up in the summer I knew I was going to be calling it a day yeah. then, uh, so did you move back then to London closer to home yeah I moved back yeah, straight away literally as soon as the season finished I was back home um, just had a little bit of time off spent uh, time with family and friends and stuff like that um, but yeah it's quite weird because you, you go from being a footballer to not literally overnight um, and I went up on trial with Burton Albion um, for a little bit because I could have lived up uh, where I used to live and I spent Coventry there um, with, my, with, my, with my, one of my brothers so that would have been an option that I'd have looked into but I went on trial there for a couple of weeks but it didn't really work out um, so yeah after that there was a couple of other offers I got from teams around London in the lower leagues but I'd made my mind up that I wanted to call it a day so that's what I did yeah. Then um, did you have a plan f- from when you retired did you feel like you were going to get into maybe coaching or was there like an amateur no, job no I never never really looked fancy doing that to be honest with you yeah. um, I, I just thought right I'll have a little bit of time off play some golf and, and, and see friends and, and stuff like that, spend time with family and then kind of wait and see what I want to, want to do long term. Um, but no, I didn't really have a, have a plan set out, but you know, I haven't been married and got, haven't got kids, so um, I, I didn't have that pressure to find something straight away. I could kind of have to look, like, look after myself, really. Um, so that's what I did until I found out what I wanted to do long term. Then of course, um, you know, a lot of us town fans were wondering what, you know, what sort of was going on with you in terms of, you know, you retired and, you know, normally we always like check out where the other, you know, former players have joined different clubs, and yeah. then you popped up playing rugby, and that was a interesting. Yeah, that's thing. something I always wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, I come from a rugby family, like my brothers, my cousins all play, um, and whenever I used to be, I used to have international play, so I'd always go and watch my brothers and cousins play from my old school team, old Wimbledonians. Yeah. I just thought, like, as soon as I finished the footy, I want to go and start playing rugby on the Saturday again. Give me something to look forward to to the end of the week, and give me playing sport, keep me fit. Um, so yeah, that's what I was, I was like. Right, straight away, going to go and play rugby with the boys, and that was great fun as well. We had some, we had some really good, memorable games for them. So it was just nice to play with my, with my brother and my two cousins. So that was good fun. Yeah, I think I read that you were very close to getting to uh, Twickenham. Playing Twickenham. We were, yeah. We played in like a national competition, and mm. we got we got all the way to the semi-finals, and it was just one of those. We were quite, a, we were like a, quite an open team, like played running rugby, and it was it was one of those weekends in April where. It's just snowed and it didn't stop, and a few of our players couldn't get to the game because of the snow. Um, and the team we were playing against were, uh, you know, they, they were more equipped to the, the weather conditions than us, and it just it was wasn't meant to be. They gave us a bit of trouncing, but if it had been any other weekend, we'd have probably won. But yeah, it just didn't work out, and we had a few injuries that week as well. So 
Um, yeah, but yeah, if we'd have won that, we'd have been on the way to Twickenham. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, when when you're signed for Ipswich on loan, you're you're a golfer, and you you know, yeah. you, you proved that as well. You won a golf tournament, I think, during the time at Ipswich. You know, did you always play golf when you were a younger youngster, or did yeah, you? Yeah, no, I was kind of started playing golf when I was about fourteen, really. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's a nice one of those sports I love. I'm kind of hooked on it. I, I love playing whenever I can. And yeah, I was lucky enough to won the. I was part of the one the program that um, went with with uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo and yeah. two other lads as well. Um, and that was a great experience. So you, you get to play in the program the day before the tournament starts. And to be fair, it's still quite busy. A lot of a lot mm-hmm. of fans come to watch it because I think it's free entry, so they get to get to see the players up yeah. close and personal. So I mean, you, you go from playing football in front of a big crowd where you feel comfortable to run hit a golf shot in front of a big, big crowd. To death something I really enjoyed and that's probably one of the things I look back on and the good fun, like fun memories in my, in my life is, is winning that, that program because it was, a, it was a great fun day then I want to bring quickly bring your musical side again. You probably expect me to bring this up as well. You know your classical music and Paddy yeah. piano. Like during this lockdown, um, luckily my my missus she's got her own piano because she plays it, and I've been trying my best to to practice and at least do some good notes. But um, I've heard you're very good. Uh, no, that, uh, that's one of the things that media have always blown out of proportion, really. Okay. Uh, they've, already made it, they've always made it sound like I'm a classical pianist. That's not yeah. a <laughs> I, This is one of those things when I was a commentary I thought in my spare time I tried to learn how to play the piano. And yeah. um, For a while I was okay. I got to like grade four kind of level and I, I play all right, but um, I haven't played it in years. I still love classical music and listen to it and love going to concerts, but as far as the piano goes, no. I mean, if you put one in front of me now, I'd probably forgotten it all. Um, it was good fun to learn it at the time and, and nice to do it but uh, I'm by no means going to just sit down and start playing whatever I want no way <laughs> yeah, me neither in terms of like yeah. classical music like of course you know the younger lads they're probably playing the the modern stuff and everything you know did yeah. you ever play it to some of the lads just to sort of go no yeah, I'd never, never risk it I think I'd get uh, yeah. getting a bit uh, get they would like, take the mic down a bit too much to honest be so I kept that to myself <laughs> Uh, and then in terms of course you're you know racehorsing and you know jockey yeah. and stable lad and stuff like how did that sort of come about were you always interested in that uh not, all, not always when i was younger i wasn't and then when i was signed for coventry my roommate was a guy called ben turner he was massively into his horse racing so he'd always have it on and i kind of started getting a little bit of an interest and then we got got together a, a syndicate and we owned a horse uh and then went to go and watch him train and stuff like that uh, and when I, I whenever i went to the stables i always loved the atmosphere around there and then when you see them riding horses, you think, God, that'd be amazing to do that one day. And, and I never thought I would. Uh, uh, but then, yeah, after a couple of years of being retired, I wasn't too sure what I was going to do. And then I, I found a course at the Northern Racing College where you could go and learn how to look after and ride horses. Um, and I'd always wanted to kind of live in the countryside rather than stay in the city for my whole life. So I thought if I was going to live in the country, then I need to be doing something to keep myself busy and, and earning money. Um, and riding, riding horses was something that seemed like the obvious, obvious choice, so that's where I went and did the course. Yeah. What was, um, you know, Cheltenham like, that experience course, you know, you popped up on our telescreen like a lot of town yeah. fans sort of then went, oh, yeah, Jay it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. So I've always watched Cheltenham and been a massive fan of it. Each year I'd always make sure I take time off to stay in and watch the four days and then this year, my first year working in racing, I got the chance to take a horse, horse to the festival and lead him up and that was, that was unreal. Um, such a good experience and he, he's been a good horse for me this year because I look after him and ride him every day and, and to lead him up at Cheltenham is a really good experience and especially after what, like, always watching it myself um, to actually be there and leading the horse around the parade ring was good fun and yeah I wasn't expecting the TV camera to be a bit in my face but um, yeah that was quite good as well Do you think you'll go on to ride and be a jockey? Yeah maybe in a charity race or something like that yeah. um, but it's, it's more of a lifestyle really so it's something that yeah. I can get up every day and do and get paid for and, and enjoy as well. So, yeah, so, some bars, I, I do love it. 
Do you speak much about your, you know, your career? Because you know it's not been that long since you retired. But in terms yeah. of your, your now your current job, do you speak much about it? You know, do they ask you? Um, yeah, sometimes I've a lot of the lads into football, so they'll ask me about like, what it's like being a footballer and playing and stuff like that. So I'll always like, chat to them about it. And obviously, sometimes you do these interviews like this where you get to like, look back on your career and talk about it. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally focused on what I'm doing now, to honest with you. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful for playing football and, and my time as a, as a footballer, but it's not, like, it's not something I'll definitely miss and look, I wish I was still doing. Um, but yeah, whenever, whenever I talk about it, I'm always really, really grateful for what I did. Um, I think you, because um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a photographer, so I, I'm normally pitch side, but then I, I was told that you did commentary for an Ipswich game, I think, this season. Yeah. I don't know what That's game right. it was. Yeah, it was uh, against Exeter in uh, oh, yeah. one of the cup games, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a disappointing Yeah, that was actually, I thought it was a good performance, actually. It was, it was yeah. the first time I'd ever done commentary, and it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, um, especially trying to know when what to say and how to put it across and stuff like that. But I, I imagine if you did it every week, you'd get more comfortable and know what you're doing. But, yeah, it was, it was actually a hard, lot harder than I thought it was going to be, but I did enjoy it as well. And boy, if you played well that day, they were just a bit unlucky. It was like a lot, literally a last-second goal, wasn't it? Lee Martin yeah. scored. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, it was um, it was good fun doing it, good experience to see what it's like to commentate on the game. Yeah. And then um, I just want to quickly bring up your, your yeah. Irish, um, you know, connection. Of course, you're yeah. born to Irish parents. Like, of course, you won cats for the under-21s, but unfortunately... Yeah. Did play for the senior team, but did get called up. You know, what's your experience yeah. like? And did you know you were going to play maybe for for Ireland? Um, I didn't know at the start, but yeah. I think they they showed they are they. I think it was my manager at Brentford at the time knew I had kind of Irish um, relatives and mentioned it to the Ireland under twenty one manager, and they asked me if I would go and play for them. So definitely, that's a massive honour to go and do that. So yeah, I made a good few appearances for the under twenty ones, and then travelled with the seniors. So yeah, again, it's something you look back on and you think, oh, to say that you've done that is is a, is a good achievement and. Um, another kind of feather in the cap, really. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a huge honour to play for Ireland. So I've got a lot of Irish family, so to, to represent Ireland at under twenty one level and then travel with the seniors is just yeah, it's really something I'm pretty proud of. Yeah. In terms of you know you, you know now you're doing what you're doing. Do you stay in contact with any of your former teammates at Ipswich or any yeah. other clubs? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I speak to Ben Turner quite a lot. Um, yeah. Jonathan Douglas, I still went in at Cheltenham actually when I had a drink with him. That's cool. um, Every now and then you'll get a little WhatsApp. I spoke to Noel Hunt the other day as well. Um, so yeah, you do. It's not like you speak to everyone all the time, but every now and then you'll have a little WhatsApp message with someone. And um, yeah, you always, you kind of look back on games and think back to games and um, and and always kind of pick, like remember players that you played with. And if people are still playing now, you'll look at their results on the Saturday and see how people are getting on. Um, but yeah, there's a few lads I speak to quite regularly. There's um, of course, I, I think you played in that game against. Um, yeah, you did actually against you know when Noel. No Hunt scored that, that late winner against Charlton. That was another yeah, mad day. Exactly. Yeah, that was, I think that was on Sky Sports as well. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that game as well. Yeah, Noel, was a, he's a great character. He's a good friend as well. He's, he's probably one of the best friends I've made there. But yeah. he's definitely, definitely up there. Um, I've, I've, there's a few lads that are definitely your classes. as good friends who you'd still go and meet for a pint now and, and have a chat with, and yeah. Noel's one of those. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take yeah. more of your time up, Jay, but yeah, no, thank, right, you, so thank you so much for that. And, uh, right, it's good talking to you. Have a good, keep safe, mate. Cheers, you too. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
Slash Chat.